Thank you for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app, where you can also submit a prayer request. I want to encourage you to contact us if you're in need of prayer. In today's society, people in general are always searching for the truth, but they often search in the wrong places. God's Word is the truth. Today, Pastor will show us what it takes to not just be a Christian, but a disciple by living out the truth. We are talking about the difference between a Christian and a disciple. And particularly today, I want to talk to you in regards to how the Christian versus the disciple views the Word of God and how they literally use or do the Word of God. But to begin with, Matthew chapter 28, Jesus has risen from the dead. He came to his disciples and he said, all authority been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now notice that Jesus said, make disciples. So, so discipleship is a process. It's just not we receive Jesus and bam, we're there. There is a process to becoming a disciple. Uh, so often today what we find, particularly in Western Christianity, is that people, they, they come to God and get saved and they're looking for a better life. Now that's not bad. But what Jesus is looking for is a better person. He wants to change us. Now, he receives us the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way, right? So the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that we go from faith to faith. So that means, that means a couple things. First of all, it means that God would never design a plan for your life that did not include faith. And secondly, it means that the faith that we start out with is not enough for us to finish our journey. It's not enough for us to fulfill our destiny. We're going to go from faith to faith. We're going to keep on growing. Another place it says that we are changed into Jesus' likeness from glory to glory. And that happens from faith to faith. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, he said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Forever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, notice Jesus said when we come after him, we're going to deny ourselves. Yeah, Rick Warren wrote a, really the, the best-selling book, I believe, of the 20th century, his book, Purpose Driven Life. And it starts out by saying, it's not about you. First thing, it's not about you. And when you come to Jesus, it's not about you. In fact, as long as you think it's about you, you're going to have an empty life. But Jesus said, when you come and you lose your life, and by the way, one translation says you lose your low life, and he gives you the high life. But we, we, we deny ourselves and we follow him. That is the journey of discipleship. In Proverbs 19 and verse 23, it says, a man's own ways or the foolishness of a man ruins 
his way, yet his heart rages against the Lord. It's amazing to me how many people ignore the word of God. You see, it's very possible for you or I to have Jesus in our heart, but not have Jesus' wisdom or principles in our head. But we've got Jesus in our heart, but we don't have his wisdom or principles, you see, in our head. And when we do, our decisions, our way ruins our life. And look at the rest of the verse. Yet his heart rages against the Lord. And we blame God. We say, God, why did that happen? And God would be like in heaven saying, hey, you. My word said, don't do that. And we're mad at God because we did that and it ruined our life. So the disciple makes Jesus and his word the foundation for their life. In Matthew 7, Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the wind blew, beat on the house, and it didn't fall because it was founded on a rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now notice Jesus said that regardless of what you do with his word, there's gonna be rains, there's gonna be floods, and there's gonna be wind. There's going to be adversity in your life. He said, the difference is, he said, if you're a doer of the word, he said, you'll come through that adversity standing. But if you just hear and don't do, that adversity will cause you to fall. Now, some people literally, I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, if you say to them, well, the Bible says, I heard one person say this. They said, the Bible says, and the person responded and said, well, Oprah said. You know, like what the Bible said and what Oprah said, we're like on the same level. Uh, <laughs> I, want, I want to just mention to you, the, the Bible is God-breathed. It is God-inspired. It is God speaking to you and to me. I think it's interesting that Jesus' life is prophesied 332 times. 332 times. Give you a few examples. Uh, it's prophesied he'd be betrayed by a friend in Psalms, 9, Psalms 41, verse 9. He'd be forsaken by his disciples in Psalms 31, 11. There would be false accusations in Psalms 35, 11 that he would be silenced before his judges, that he would be proven guiltless, that he would be included with sinners, that he would be crucified, that he'd be mocked by the spectators, that they would gamble over his garments, that he would pray for his enemies, that he would be forsaken by God, that he would yield his spirit up into God's hand, that not one of his hands would be, excuse me, bones would be broken, that both his hands and feet would be pierced. 300 32 different prophecies had to be fulfilled by one man. Now, each of these was given a numerical calculation or probability that he would be born in Bethlehem, one in 50. That uh, he would come out of Egypt, 
1 and 25. Uh, each one of those prophecies, and when they put them all together, the likelihood of one man fulfilling all of them is 84 with 97 zeros behind it. Now, that would be the equivalent of taking my watch. This is a mechanical watch, by the way. Now, there's about 200 parts in this watch, if I understand it right. If we took every part and put them on a sheet of paper and not connected, and we threw them up in the air, there is a better probability that all the parts would come together, that the, the, the watch would hit the ground running, telling the proper time and date. It's like, how many know that's not happening? It's just not happening. Neither could one person fulfill 332 prophecies. One person. Why did Jesus do it? Because he is who he said that he is. God's word was always Jesus' final authority. Jesus did not question the validity of the Bible. When he's tempted by the devil, he said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. He quotes the word of God. He taught and said, heaven and earth will pass away. He said, but my words will never pass away. He believed the entire word of God. When the, 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 the Pharisees came and they're talking to him about the subject of divorce, he said to them, haven't you read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You know, Jesus believed that Adam and Eve were the first man and the first woman. Jesus believed that they were created by God. If, if you cut Jesus, he bled scripture. He believed the word of God. And disciples exalt the word of God over their feelings. Today, so many people are, are literally just moved by their emotions, by their feelings. But disciples control their emotions and are not led and do not live by their emotions. Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Somebody says, well, that's what I feel. Let me just tell you something. The reason you feel that way is because of what you're thinking. The Bible says that he will keep him in perfect peace, perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. If we're thinking wrong, we're going to be feeling wrong. And God pours out his blessing on doers of the word. In James, it says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes away, immediately forget what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. So the Bible is literally saying that when you and I look at the, the word of God, it's a mirror. And we're supposed to see ourselves in that word. If we're reading the word of God, we're supposed to see ourselves the way the word shows us. But now, if, if, if I were to get up in the morning, go over, but maybe I should use Jeannie as an example because she has hair. I don't have much. 
She gets up in the morning. She goes over into the, 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 the bathroom and stands in front of the vanity and looks and her hair is going in every direction. She's got a crusty coming out of her eye and another one coming out of her nose. Now, she looks and, and she goes, boy, that's pretty bad. And then she just turns around and doesn't do anything about it. How many know that's not good? The reason for the vanity there in the mirror is so that she'll see and improve. Can I say that and not be in trouble? I hope I can say that and not be in trouble, all right? I'll find out later, because I've said things that got me in trouble before. <laughs> all right? So, so if we look at the Word of God, but it does not change us at all, it doesn't change what we do, it does not profit us at all. A believer, listen, the, the disciple believes the Word, but a disciple is a doer of the Word a doer of the word. The, the, the disciple believes and does the word regardless of the circumstances. I mean, you look at Hebrews chapter 11, and it's really God's kind of like a hall of fame of people of faith. We find that they, they obeyed and they trusted when it was dark, when there were storms, when there was silence, when there were giants, when there was famine, when there was invading armies, when they were outnumbered, when it was a sacrifice, they saw powerful provision, miraculous victories, incredible turnarounds because they believed and obeyed the word. And then even in, as, as the chapter ends, it says women received their dead to life again. Others were tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mocking and scourging, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and stiltskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. How many know this is not the part of the Bible we like? Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, and all of these having attained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Now, the promise is the eternal city. And God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. That is why when he returns, the dead in Christ rise first, and then those of us that are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. But I want you to notice that by faith, some receive victory. But others, even in time of sacrifice, in times of persecution, in times of torment, they didn't change. They believed God. They believed the word. They lived by the word. Isaiah 55 and verse 8 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing to which I send it. Now notice that just like the rain and the snow come down from heaven, water the earth, make it bring forth and bud. 
The same way God's word, it comes down from heaven and it waters us and it causes us to bring forth fruit. But we've got to receive that word. Disciples want their lives to count and have an impact on people that are around them. And it only happens when we receive the word of God. It never happens without God's word working in us and through us. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. God's word works in you who believe. You've got to believe it. You've got to work the word and then it will work in you. It will perform surgery on us. It will heal our hearts. It will empower us and it will paint a picture on the inside of you. God's word, when you get into God's word, you're gonna to begin to see things that you hadn't seen before. You're going to imagine things. You're gonna see things in your heart that you had not seen before. In those things, when those things Literally, but put it this way, it never happens on the outside until it first happens on the inside. So God's word has got to paint something, a picture on the inside of you before you're ever going to see something on the outside. Now, by the way, if your input from mainstream media is greater than your input from the word of God, your discouragement, your fear, it's, it's literally, you're just, it's self-inflicted. You've got to have more of God's word in you than you have social media and you have input from mainstream media today. If you don't, is it any wonder the picture on the inside of you is fearful? It's of defeat. It's of discouragement. It's of hopelessness. Apart from God's word, we will never find truth. Jesus said it this way, your word is truth. Apart from God's word, we cannot know God. Now you can recognize certain attributes of God. You can look at nature and say, wow, God is all powerful. God is all wise. You can look and you can see certain things, but you will not know God apart from his word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's why it's so important that we take time daily to be in God's word, to study the word. And when we, literally, when we study the word, it's like the word studies us. But it puts something down on the inside of us to change the way that we think, to change what we believe. And until that change takes place on the inside, it will never take place on the outside. The Bible is God's word supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, inexpressible in value, infinite in scope, regenerative in power, infallible in authority, universal in interest, personal in application. It changes the man until he becomes an epistle of God, until you see what God has said in his word on the inside of you. 
Right? It changes our character. It transforms our mind. It takes us from grace to grace and from faith to faith. It gives you an internal, eternal inheritance in the spirit. And through it, God comes and dwells with us, walks in us, talks through us, and we fellowship with him. During the, uh, the Middle Ages, what we sometimes refer to as the, the Dark Ages, it was actually illegal to have any Bible that was not written in Latin. In fact, men like Tyndale uh, actually translated the Bible into the English language and were, were killed because of it. But I believe, if, unless I'm wrong, he was burned at the stake because he wanted people, everybody, every person, to be able to grab hold of that Bible. It's not just another book. It is, the Bible says, it's quick. It literally means it's alive and it is powerful. And it's through the Bible that we receive revelation knowledge. The God's word, it says in Hebrews 2, excuse me, 4, 12, it says it's powerful, it's alive, it's sharper than a surgeon's scalpel. It will cut things out of us, put things inside of us. The great evangelist Dwight L. Moody said this, the Bible was not given to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives, to change our lives. Now, I want to kind of end today. I've said that a disciple believes the word, and a disciple is the doer of the word. But listen, a disciple is a meditator in the word of God. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. They're in day and night. Psalms 1 says, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Mark 4, 24, like the Amplified Translation, Jesus said the, the amount of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the amount of virtue, the amount of power, the amount of anointing that's going to come to you. So we believe the word. We're doers of the word. But listen, we meditate in the word. And really, meditation is what causes us to become doers of the word. So as we meditate on God's word, we personalize it. When you see something in God's word, you personalize that thing. You see yourself there. This is true about me. You, you, you see Peter going around and he's, he's, he's ministering, or Paul, and he's, he's ministering to a sick person. You see, when you see that, what you see, you don't see yourself as the sick person. You see yourself as Paul. You see yourself as the one doing it. You need to begin to see it on the inside, in your spiritual womb, which is literally your imagination. And by the way, that is part of what meditating is. It is imagining. It's seeing yourself there, seeing yourself receiving what Jesus purchased for you on the cross. So you see in your spiritual womb on the inside, you see victory, you see healing, you see your peace, you see deliverance, you see yourself being used by God, you see yourself anointed, you see yourself fulfilling your destiny. Philemon 1.6 says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now notice it says acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. Remember, meditating, it means to imagine, to muse, to mutter, to speak, 
to imagine. That's what, that's what meditating is. So it's not just hearing it or just reading it, but it's meditating on it. And part of that meditation is acknowledging. It's speaking. That's why the Bible says in uh, Isaiah 59, the last verse, it says, my word that I put in your mouth. Where's God's word supposed to be in your mouth? Shall not depart from your mouth, nor the mouth of your descendants or your descendants' descendants from this time forth and forevermore. What is supposed to be in our mouth? God's word. We're meditating on it. We're musing it. We're speaking it. We're imagining it. We are personalizing God's word. So let me give you a few examples. I'm gonna, what I'm going to actually do right now is I want to lead you in some meditation, some confession of God's word. For example, Psalms 20, verse 4. May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. I want you to repeat this with me. God is giving me the desires of my heart. And God is making all of my plans succeed. Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. Therefore, I give no place to sickness or pain in my body. Father, because of your word, I'm an overcomer. I overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. By the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. No evil will befall me, nor shall any plague come near my dwelling. You give your angels charge over me, and they keep me in all my ways. In my pathway is life, healing, and health. Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Therefore, I refuse to allow sickness to dominate my body. God's life flows within me. It brings health to every fiber of my being. Jesus bore the curse for me. Therefore, I forbid growth, tumors, cancer to inhabit my body. The life of God in me dissolves growth and tumors and cancer. And the Lord is the strength of my life. Every organ of my body functions in perfection that God created it to function. I forbid it to malfunction in Jesus' name. Jesus gave me authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And he said, nothing will any means hurt me. Satan, you're under my feet. All your works are under my feet. Arthritis, you must go. Sickness, you must flee. Tumors cannot exist in me. The spirit that's upon me and the word of God in me Make sickness and depression flee. They have no power over me. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Therefore, I do not allow sin, sickness, or the works of the devil to have dominion over me. 
The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. It permeates his life through my veins, sending healing throughout my body. Body, I speak words of faith to you. I demand every organ to function perfectly. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, I charge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the authority of his holy word, be healed, be made whole. I will not die, but I will live and declare the works of God. Lord, you bless my bread and water and you take sickness away from the midst of me. And the number of my days you fulfill. You've forgiven all my iniquities and you heal all my diseases. You redeem my life from destruction and you satisfy my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I believe it. I confess it. I see it in my spirit. What Jesus purchased for me belongs to me, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 No. Disciples believe the word. Disciples are doers of the word, but disciples meditate in the word. Again, that word meditate, it means to muse, it means to think about it, to personalize it, but it means to speak it. It means to imagine it on the inside. See, and as you begin to speak God's word, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. He said, his word should not depart from your mouth, the mouth of your descendants or your descendants' descendants from this time forth and forevermore. Thank you for being with us today, but I wanna ask you a question before we close. And it's simply this, are you right with God? You know, and if you know in your heart that you're away from the Lord, that you're not right with God, I wanna pray a prayer with you. Now the Bible says this in Romans 10, 13, it says, whosoever, that's you, will call on the name of the Lord. That's what we're gonna do, the way the Bible tells us to. And it says, will be saved. So when we say amen, if you pray this prayer from your heart, you're gonna be forgiven and right with God. So I wanna invite you right now to just close your eyes, repeat this prayer, make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross and I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead and I believe he's coming again. And today I receive your forgiveness and I surrender my life to Jesus and I hold nothing back. I thank you, you've heard my prayer that I receive your forgiveness and that you make me a part of your family today and forever in Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, you are forgiven and you are right with God. But I wanna help you keep growing spiritually. So I have a book that I wrote I wanna give you free of charge. It's called Your New Life. And it is full of bullet points to help you keep on growing spiritually. 
Now you can download it absolutely free. Just come online and it is going to bless you and help you keep on growing, keep on walking with Jesus. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life and we're so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you, or you can download it right there instantly. Plus, it's also available on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Today's program is available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV by searching Walking by Faith. Or you can check out our app where you can download any message for easy offline listening. If you are in need of prayer or God is doing amazing things in your life, we would love to connect with you. Contact us by phone, email, or through our app. You can also find us on your favorite social platform by searching WBF TV. Have a wonderful week.